Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're invited to I Am The Cute One, the most chaotic school dance in the podcast universe. Let's spike the punch, grind to Usher, and recap some of the cutest movies that made our millennial minds explode. Hello, I am Chelsea, and I am the cute one. And I am Donnie, and I am the cute one. But we are joined today with a returning cutie. We have Ryan Bailey, the host of So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. Hi. Hey. I'm ugly as shit. I don't even I don't even need to be the cute one. <laughs> oh, I, don't even, I don't even need to fight about that. Yeah, you guys fight that out. Well, welcome back to the show. Last time you were here, we recapped Freaky Friday together, and... <laughs> Today, in honor of the 4th of July and the 50th anniversary of Watergate, we are here to cover Dick. So welcome. I got the biggest dick to cover <laughs> Dick. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't want to I don't want to spoil my thoughts on this, but I, I do. I do need to talk to you guys about the movies that you're having me watch. But also, but also no, it is cool, though, because this involves Watergate. And like you said, the 50th anniversary and. We've learned so much since then. Nothing like this could ever happen again. <laughs> the president will never lie to us. Yeah, ever, no, we, and, they, and this was the last, they'll never be able to make a sequel about this. Yeah. <laughs> so quick Patreon plug for the uncut, unedited, and unhinged versions of this show in audio and video form. Head over to patreon.com slash I am the cute one. You'll be able to see Ryan's cute face in person. And let's jump in to Dick. <laughs> Always. So the first of many... <laughs> dick puns to come yeah I'd say. this movie came out on july 23rd 1999 it was you guessed it a friday the number one song in the u.s was wild wild west by will smith and in the uk live in the vita loca by ricky martin was top of the charts also this movie did come out the same weekend of woodstock 99 which was not great it did end in a violent riot during a limp biscuit set so you know lots of things happening this weekend and if anyone is wondering it was also raining the day it came out in pennsylvania at least everywhere well yeah i don't know about worldwide (laughs) the world cried when dick came out (laughs) Yeah. No, I saw it in theaters because my summer camp, it was raining, so they needed to take us to the movie, so they took us to see Dick. What the? Wait, what kind of summer (laughs) camp are you going to? Like Willow Grove Day Camp. You you guys went to a comedic Watergate movie at your day camp? (laughs) 
Um, like different levels. So like the 13 year olds went to see this. Little kids probably saw, I don't know what it was out, Shrek. <laughs> I, I just keep that like, who is this movie made for? 13 year olds that want to get into politics? <laughs> yeah, 13 year olds who are like really into history with a large working knowledge of the Nixon administration. <laughs> every time, I mean, ever from every angle you look at this, I'm like, who approved any of this? Like amazing actors, amazing comedic actors, funny. I mean, like, but uh, who is this for? Like, who is this movie for? <laughs> who is this for though? Like you have these two girls that are, I mean, like, Great, both amazing actors, like ahead, like wow, it's so cool to see them do their thing. And it's like a stoner comedy, but <laughs> it's political. And then it's like it really is for people that know every detail about Watergate because they're like, Oh my god, Deep Throat was two girls. Oh, that's funny. Oh, that's good. I don't know. Like, I remember seeing this in the theaters too, and I like if I could go back and talk to myself, I'd be like, what the fuck were you even doing? Like, I don't even know why <laughs> I right. saw that originally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think this movie was made for the Larrys of the world. So Betsy's <laughs> brother, like this movie was made for when that kid grew up mm. and could laugh at the stoner jokes, but also did have a working knowledge of Nixon <laughs> and Watergate. Wait till we get to how much it made, because I feel like Larry's the only one that saw it. <laughs> there was a period of time, I think, in that early 2000s, like 99 and 2000 actually were really interesting years at the movies. Really amazing years, but weird. You had Bean John Malkovich, you had Three Kings, uh, you had uh, Magnolia, you had you had uh, South Park the movie, uh, which was a musical. <laughs> you had like such a weird yeah. uh, amount, like so many different weird ideas in movies in that like two year time frame. So this falls right into that, but it doesn't compare to me to those movies at all. It's like a cute idea, but it's it's one of those ideas where you're like, oh shit, it keeps going. Like this is, oh, we're going <laughs> to keep going. And then I just thought of the people that were fans of those girls. Like, it's like, I used to say this and now I have different feelings on it when John Mayer joined up with like the Grateful Dead or Dead and Company. Because yeah. then I was like picturing like, John Mayer, like little girls wanted to go like, oh, my God, he's going to is going to play your body as a wonderland. And they're doing like 15 minute versions of like trucking or something. And I just thought <laughs> yeah. how surprising it must be. But they're like Kirsten Dunst, little girl fans go to this. <laughs> like, you don't even know what the history lesson is unless you really right. know Watergate that this isn't yes. true. Yeah. And I will say, like, there are so many references in this movie that I feel like it would be better if I were smarter. It was like <laughs> meant for people who got all of the references, but yet it was a teen movie. And I have to assume the average teenager in 1999 wasn't like a history buff that knew all the ins and outs of the Watergate scandal. Right. No, I mean, not not at all. And that's why I kept just going like rewatching it. I was like, who is this for? Like, I mean, like, even when you pitch this idea to somebody, you know, like studios go, okay, okay, this is for this mixed with this. And I was like, I mean, was this just a crapshoot? And we're like, oh, Kirsten Dunn said she'd do something with us. So, And then Will Ferrell at the time was not even at the height of his Will Ferrellness. So he was kind of not undiscovered because he had SNL. But I keep getting just confused about, like, even when I take it seriously as a movie, you're like, but why? What, why is this? Why does this still exist, though? I wonder if this was after. I mean, I know it was after, but I wonder if they, like, tried to do what Forrest Gump did, but for the younger set. But the difference is it's for the younger set. So, like, the audience of Forrest Gump knows what we're not parodying, but like, you know, what we're satiring or whatever. Whereas this, 
I feel like audiences that watched it didn't know what the fuck they were watching. Well, Forrest Gump was, I mean, it's an amazing movie, but it's it's much more heavy-handed, too. Like, it's much more obvious right. about, like, and this is what happened. This big event, this mm-hmm. is now how Forrest has somehow found himself in this. Yeah. Whereas in this situation, it was like they storm out and they tell the guy, like, you know, if you stay, you're going to be just as bad as him. If you don't have that working knowledge, then you don't know that that's the guy who ends up testifying against Nixon. So it's like, you miss all of these. Yeah, honestly, the only reason I knew so much watching it today is because I just watched that Julia Roberts miniseries about Watergate. (laughs) So like, I saw it for real, and then I got to see whatever the hell this was today. And I was like, oh, I get Well, it. and even at that, I think around that time or maybe a little, a couple years earlier, they had the Oliver Stone film, Nixon, where Anthony Hopkins played Nixon. But even that bomb. So I didn't know they're like, well, that's a huge bomb. You know what we should do? Put two girls in it, two young girls. So can you hit us with some background and trivia, Donnie? I would love to. So it was directed and written by Andrew Fleming, who also wrote and directed The Craft, Nancy Drew, and Hamlet 2. And in things that he just directed and didn't write, he directed 11 episodes of Emily in Paris and four episodes of the greatest sitcom ever made that nobody else was smart enough to understand except for me, Gross Point, the short-lived sitcom on WB. So if you ever want to talk about Gross Point, please slide in my DMs. I'm the only one in the world that watched it, which is why it was canceled after 12 episodes. But anyway, this movie, the budget was $13 million and it made, what do you think it made? Worldwide. $10 million. I bet it was like 8.3. You're both too high. It's $6 million. That's worldwide. Uh, yeah, worldwide, and that's me rounding up. And now we know, even in retrospect, it's not like this was before its time. Like, it's not like this grew. Like, wow, this movie <laughs> got better and better and so better. So I as just the need to, I now. do need to speak my truth. I love this movie. I really do. Wait, Chelsea, you're the one that doesn't see any movies. Now it's coming to me. I think when you asked who was this for, I think it was for me. I was trying to yes and you for a little bit there, but my dad is like obsessed with, like, we went to like the Battle of Gettysburg as a family vacation. Mm. He would become obsessed with some historical thing. And for a little bit there it was Watergate so I was the person I was the teenage girl coming to this you know movie. who John De- who John Dean oh they got a kid <laughs> I was like oh John did Dean. you catch that one yeah. who's Haldeman oh my god yeah. so I think that it was written for Larry and me all right well there's two I love that you can make movies like this I just always get scared that like <laughs> this obviously didn't make any money so I get scared of, like you you probably can't swing for the fences like that Andrew Fleming though I will say I love Hamlet too I thought Hamlet Love it. was hysterical and Emily in Paris kind of seems like a parody of itself, even though it's taken seriously. <laughs> Emily in Paris reminds me of when Kristen Wiig and Will Ferrell did that Lifetime movie and they played it straight yeah. and nobody could tell if it was supposed to be funny or not. Like that's what Emily in Paris is to me. It is a parody, but they're all playing it straight as this terrible Netflix okay. show that I'm obsessed well, like with. The, I, I will say like, I enjoyed the first like half hour and then you're like okay well i get the joke now and then it's like oh it keeps going you know like you're like okay yeah i get it i get it. i still get it i get what you're doing I, I get that it's still funny that these girls like oh okay she's in love with nixon now okay okay <laughs> i don't know but then for some like sometimes even you just brought up that that lifetime movie with Kristen wiggle will ferrell i remember that i remember like loving it for the first like 15 minutes i think there was like one scene i was dying over and then i was like 
oh, I got to watch an hour and a half more of this. Right, it's still a Lifetime movie. <laughs> really quick trivia for this movie. Most of the clothes used in this movie are actually from the 70s. Wow. And surprisingly, the real John Dean and Ben Bradley were approached to play themselves, but they declined. <laughs> Can't imagine why. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's it. You know, if you win today's political sphere, I'm sure everybody would sign up to be in the movie. Oh, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Before we make you break down this cinematic masterpiece in one minute, Ryan, what character, if any, do you identify as in this movie? Uh, 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 Nixon. He was just trying to do a good thing, you guys. He just cared so much. And I mean, no, like, that's another weird thing. I was like watching this and I'm like, I don't I don't identify with anybody. You know, maybe a little bit of Will Ferrell, maybe. That's a fair answer. (laughs) But it's all like kind of sketch comedy characters. Yeah. It's like very sketch, like one note characters. Yeah. I get it. I so with all of that said, (laughs) I connect to Betsy, Kirsten Dunst's character. I think she's dumb, like me. I think that when she was upset about her brother going to Vietnam, and then we find out she was really upset about like how the room will look once it's her room. Yes, I get it. <laughs> and when she came into like a big lump of money, she opened a roller disco, which isn't exactly what I do, but investing is probably not what I do. Spending it to open some kind of flash in the pan business. (laughs) That's where my money would go. Yeah, I included you and I together, Donnie, because why just insult myself when I can insult both of us at the same time? So I said that we are one part Arlene and Betsy and one part Woodward and Bernstein because we are just across the board, like total idiots who are just like flopping our way to the top. Like, it'll be fine. We'll make it. But we're morons. Yeah, I accept that. (laughs) Ryan, I'm going to put one minute on the clock. Can you give us a synopsis of this fine film? Uh, I can try. Uh, Okay, guys. There was a thing called Watergate in the 70s where Richard Nixon ordered the break-in of the Watergate Hotel, and it kind of took down a nation or took down the Nixon administration. So this movie postures the question of what if Woodward and Bernstein were the people for the, I think, the Washington Post that actually broke this story, and there was a character named Deep Throat They fed all this information to Woodward and Bernstein, who we you know don't know who it is. It uh, says that it's these two stoner high school girls that were Richard Nixon's dog walkers. Uh, But they also like, there's also all these funny things where they make Richard Nixon cookies, but there's weed in it. And he's like, Oh, special cookies. (laughs) It's like a series of accidental, unfortunate events that actually lead to the uh, fall of this president because the president uh, just thinks of them as, uh, you know, these girls got nothing going on upstairs. (laughs) So it has cute little moments. The one girl, Michelle Williams ends up having a crush on Richard Nixon gets their heart broken to a degree. Like you said, the other brother has to go to Vietnam, but then ends up not having to go to Vietnam and vents drugs that then they sell and they're able to open a roller skating rink. Is that a minute? That's got to be a minute. That's great. That's great. And I would also like to request formally that you uh, complete the rest of this podcast in your Richard Nixon impression, (laughs) please. Hello, Patreon subscribers. Hello. So this movie opens present day with aging reporters Woodward and Bernstein still refusing to reveal the true identity of Deep Throat, the person who blew the Watergate scandal wide open. We then travel back in time to meet the teenage forest scumps of this film, Betsy and Arlene, who are poorly typing a letter to Tiger Beat, explaining why Arlene should win a date with Bobby Sherman. 
They sneak out to mail the fan letter, inadvertently tipping off the police to the Watergate break-in. These two girls are boy-crazy, carefree, and completely oblivious to the fact they are about to find themselves in the center of a national scandal. Now, speaking of centering themselves in the Watergate scandal, last episode I introduced to the cutie cinematic universe my grandfather Pepe, who is just a character. Recently for Father's Day, I gathered with Pepe because he is my grandfather, and he told me that his roommate at the seminary was personally responsible for Watergate because he turned into a pimp who had some sort of call book that was in the Watergate that the people breaking into the Watergate were trying to find this little black book of names of politicians who were sleeping with his prostitutes. This is not confirmed. I cannot say if it's true, but Pepe said it's so. So just throwing that out there too. Wow. And are we even, are we, I mean, are we, are we just Pepe make up a lot of stories about like Watergate <laughs> and stuff? I mean, like, are, like, is this like a normal for Pepe to make up stuff or is this? So Pepe, Pepe loves attention, but there are always kernels of truth. He's kind of like the dad from <laughs> Big Fish, the movie where like there's always nuggets of truth. So I don't know who's to say if his seminary buddy got out of the seminary, didn't become a priest, became a pimp instead and started Watergate. Big Fish is one of the movies you've seen. Yes. <laughs> I'm glad we graduated to like now like the hot thing is like serial killers. Like it used to be like I was in seminary school with somebody from Watergate. Like and now it's like I was close to a serial killer, you know. Yes, yeah, so I don't know. I'll have to ask follow-up questions to old Pepe, but he seemed very passionate when he told me about this. So wow. he's like, "Ha, he's like, have you seen Dick? It was a lot like that. Yeah. The character Arlene was based off of me. Yeah. So the next day, the girls go on a field trip to the White House where they are basically more excited to eat McDonald's than learn anything educational, which honestly, same. Wait, I need to put a pause on this. And this is not about a field trip to the White House. But when my ninth grade drama club class went to New York to see Aida for a field trip. There was this girl that skipped act two of the musical so she could go see TRL. And then she like snuck back. She didn't get in trouble. She didn't get caught. But I was so offended that she skipped a Broadway play that I told on her. And then she got in trouble. Donnie. (laughs) Wait, there's so many things wrong with that story. Like, wait, like, is that even possible to go just randomly sneak off to TRL? Like to get into TRL no, 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 or just like, outside the Yeah, building? outside with the oh. posters and stuff, which made me even more angry. You spent however much money for a ticket to a Broadway production, and then you go stand on the street with Riff Raff? I feel like you should have let this girl have her day, and you snitched on her, like, yeah. just because you thought she should be at the second half of a Broadway show? <laughs> well, that's true. Yes, Ryan, that is why I snitched. But also, like, if... Anything were to happen. Oh, to don't them. even, oh, you're, don't you're even act like you were concerned for her well-being. You're like, this girl made it back safely, so now it is my duty. Because what if she hadn't made it back safely? And you know, anything no, but also, 
I will say, and this was like, this has nothing to do with the other. I just want to like connect dots for our listeners. The girl during our high school musical episode, the girl who was not in the play, but I thought she was, and I told her congratulations on the cast list. This was her. Oh so. my God. So you just ruined this girl's <laughs> entire high school career from top to bottom. kind of sounds like you yeah. might have been a weird kind of type of bully. Like- a little bit. But also to connect more dots, this is also the girl that was my middle school girlfriend that broke up with me after our first kiss so is it all on purpose we'll never know (laughs) but this was also the girl that i stood outside of her bedroom every night during the summer of 97 wow well as long as you don't say this is the girl that you broke up her marriage by inviting her fiance over to watch (laughs) cruel intentions no 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 that's someone totally different that was a different person (laughs) whose life you ruined cool i feel like you ruined some like small town and then you're like going to see dick like on like school field and i feel like now it was your suggestion (laughs) of like what to go see snitches get stitches Donnie and there's a reason why my three-year-old whenever she comes to tattle I look at her and she goes I'm not a snitch and she runs away because I'm like don't snitch on your sister you guys are a team you're supposed to gang up against me don't don't tattle so the good news is they do they still do yeah Uncle Donnie will teach them the way that'd be funny your little daughter show her dick and see if she really enjoys it (laughs) My daughter's going to be like, I understand this reference. This movie's made for me. She's like, that's so funny. All the kids at school were talking about Watergate. Now I know what they're talking about. <laughs> so Betsy and Arlene run into the man that they saw at the Watergate Hotel the night before and discover Creeps List, which they keep as a souvenir because it's clearly a name full of creeps. And just time for a little history lesson because ba 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 Watergate. Creep was the unofficial abbreviation applied to the committee for the re-election of the president and got in trouble for money laundering and illegal funds in its re-election activities. So that was just a fun little nugget. <laughs> and it's never happened again. All <laughs> campaign fundraising has been done legally ever since Watergate. I'm so happy. Honestly, Dick saved America because sure it did. showed That's us true. the path of what we could never, <laughs> ever do again. So Betsy and Arlene are then interrogated about their love of the president and meet Checkers, Nixon's apathetic and disinterested dog. And then after just talking openly about bribing people, Nixon does damage control by telling the girls to call him Dick and officially giving them a position as his official dog walker. (laughs) You're the official White House dog walker. (laughs) So the girls jubilantly return to share the good news about their dog walking employment, only to learn that Betsy's brother has been drafted in the Vietnam War. So after weighing the pros and cons of war, including the fact that Betsy will get her brother Larry's room if he's shipped off, the girls decide that war is not healthy for children and other living things. And this is where I'm going to bring out my... Kirsten Dunst impression (laughs) when Arlene says that. A bad Kirsten Dunst impression, just so everyone knows. I don't have years of practicing. You're not you're not really selling it. You can't keep going like, (laughs) here's my Kirsten Dunst. Not a good one, mind you, but I will tell you it's my Kirsten Dunst. And I love I know what's about to happen one word. You know what I'm gonna do? All right. I bet it's in the movie. (laughs) Well, what if it wasn't? What if I pulled out a Kirsten like here's Kirsten Dunst at a grocery store? No, okay. Here's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, 
It was great. Thank you. Well Thank done. You. The build up was perfect. Jerry. Yeah. Oh my God, it was our first celebrity guest. She was here with yeah. us in the studio. <laughs> you transformed. Oh well, wow, that second half of that uh, musical that you stayed for really paid off. The skills really translated. Yeah. And so they get Dick mega stoned on weed cookies and ask him to stop the war, which. This exchange leads to the president publicly declaring that the war is over and Betsy and Arlene are given a new title that they can put on their resume. In addition to being official dog walkers, they are now secret youth advisors. So this position swears them to secrecy, but naturally these two chatty Cathy's can't keep their mouths shut and basically tell any person who will listen about their exciting White House adventures. I think I would do the same. I can keep other people's secrets very well. Like, if you told me whatever, I could keep it until my... I was going to say until my deathbed, but even then, I would die with your secret. But I have no secrets. I'll tell anyone anything, which is why I'm so pissed I haven't been on reality TV yet. What is the, <laughs> <laughs> what's the issue here? Well, maybe that you don't have issues. <laughs> no, I have issues, Ryan. I'm just open talking about them. You want to hear about my marriage problems? Fine. You want to hear about me coming out and my dad being an asshole? Fine. Here I am on the podcast <laughs> talking about it. <sighs> but reality TV doesn't want me. Believe, receive. Glad we went down that rabbit hole together, Donnie. So as Washington Post reporters Woodward and Bernstein are uncovering the details of the Watergate break-in, Arlene has replaced Bobby Sherman as her celebrity crush. She gets contact lenses, crafts a scrapbook full of memories and evidence, and builds a shrine to her new soulmate. In short, she loves Dick. We all do, honey. <laughs> I'm not even thrilled. I'm not even thrilled with mine, you guys. So know. Arlene and Betsy discover Nixon's recording equipment, and Arlene takes this opportunity to spend 18 and a half minutes professing her true love for him, complete with a rendition of Olivia Newton-John's <laughs> Hopelessly Devoted to You. Have either of you done anything embarrassing for love or, like, left any voicemails that, you know, make you want to die a little <laughs> i'm extremely thankful that social media wasn't around when i was in high school because i would have i read so many bad poems and i know i would have put some online but i know i would have just done that even though like oh this is stupid and it would have been stupid but i would have also hoped she would have seen it but i did a lot of what i thought was romantic gestures but it's just it's creepy it's like i would <laughs> like i remember this girl dana Polly. she was like the peter piper pizza girl in arizona which is like a <laughs> franchise pizza chain okay. Like my, I just had a crush on her. She was two years younger than I was, but she was so pretty. We were in, we were in show choir together, which is, you know, so like, yeah, I was, you know, I was a huge bad boy. I was in show choir. And (laughs) Uh like, so my buddies, Dusty and Paul were like, yeah, ask her out. I've never asked out anybody in my life at that point. And I've only done it a couple of times since. And uh, I was like, ask her out. So I asked her out. She was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, nice. And then the next day she came to school. I remember she was like, would it be cool if we did it as like a group thing? And I was like, oh, and you know, I knew from TV, that's not good, you know, (laughs) but then my friends were like, you know what? That's no do it. And I was like, you know what? Yeah. I will do the best group date you've ever seen in your life. Like I'll do it with the best. And I had worked all summer uh, at the movie theater and I took all, I don't even know why I had access to this money, but I like $350. I bought a whole new outfit at the gap, including a sports oh. jacket, which is don't make it's fucking Arizona. And uh, <laughs> my mom lent me her uh, cabriolet with like the, the, the top down. And then I found out like on Wednesday though, that 
this kid flunked out of the school play. It was called a perfect murder. And this kid failed out and they needed a fill in and they asked me to do it. And, but it was only like four lines at the very end, but it was like the climactic part mm. where it turns out I'm the killer. But then I was like, Whoa, in my head, I was like, she comes, sees me in the play, automatic panty dropper. And then we go see, do a group date. You know, mm-hmm. I'm like, she'll be so impressed. It's going to be awesome. And uh, so then I bought like 50 tickets to a movie, but everybody said they were going to pay me back. So it was like the biggest group date you've ever had in your life. So she comes to the play. My buddy Dusty and Paul are there and my other friend, Marissa. I come out and I'm in a, I thought I looked badass, but I was in a full policeman's uniform. And now in retrospect, I realized I'd look like Rosie from Jersey. And so I come out. And we're in high school theater. I come out and my friends, Dusty and Paul start losing their shit. They're like, (laughs) and it's like, this is a drama. Like I come out and like, you killed my wife. And then I killed this dude. And I'm in like heavy, like I didn't realize how heavy the makeup was. I wasn't like Daniel Day Lewis back then. So it like, I totally heard specifically what was happening. And all I could think was, oh my God, Dana's in the audience. So I turned bright red on top of all the makeup I already had on. And then I ended the show and my like drama teacher made Dusty and Paul apologize because they were in the theater. Like they, so I was like, okay, just forget about it. I go put my new outfit on. I come out I'm like, ah, and then it was like me Dusty, our friend Marissa, and Dana in my mom's red cabriolet with the top down. And we're driving. And, you know, I was like drama club. So we were playing like the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack. Like that was really, I think this is way past Saturday Night Fever even being in the movie theaters. But it was like disco. Yeah, staying alive. I still love staying alive. And we're driving to the theater. And Dusty and Marissa are standing up in the car. I'm like, get down, get down. But we're all laughing, having a good time. Dana's starting to laugh, everything. We're slowing down. I go, good. And I, smash into this car in front of me and (laughs) i realize that i don't have my driver's license on me everybody's just like still like scared shit everybody's like (gasps) like just silence and i get out i'm scared i'm like oh no are you gonna be late for the movie and i i have like 70 dollars left of the cash from my (laughs) summer job and i was like oh maybe i can pay him off or something and he was like (laughs) and he goes just, just be more careful next time. So I was like, is this guy transporting drugs? Like, what is like, like this <laughs> yeah. makes no sense at all. So we get back in and we drive the rest of the way just in silence, just in silence. And we get to the movie theater. Everybody has their tickets already. Like they were already, this was already all arranged. I get in there and everybody, there's two seats left. And I give that to her and her friend, Nicole. And I stand at the back of the theater. <gasps> and then halfway through the movie, I went out and just bought like red vines and a soda and just sat on I remember I bought a USA Today. <laughs> and I read the entertainment <laughs> section of USA Today. It was the craziest. <laughs> it was so, and, and nobody, like, I think only like 15 people paid me back. Oh. I just went way too hard. You know, it was just bad. Well, to, to quote my mom's favorite saying that I've asked her repeatedly to stop saying, you really shot your wad on that one, Ryan. <laughs> Cuties, you know I cannot see a movie without pretending I'm in it, and now it's your turn. Have you ever tried to use the force when no one's looking or thought about what superheroes would win in a fight? Then you'll want to stop what you're doing, <laughs> unless you're driving, and visit Sideshow.com. Your eyes do not deceive you. They have a life-size, impeccably detailed replica of the child from Star Wars The Mandalorian. Now, I don't mean to brag, but Sideshow did send me the child. I call him Baby Yoda. I have since learned that is not his name, but he is my son now, so I will be continuing to call him as such. And we have been playing dress up, having photo shoots, and just having a grand old time. 
But if that one doesn't speak to you, how about a movie-accurate statue of Christopher Reeve as Superman? They got that too. But just wait until you see the incredibly lifelike figures of Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. We are thrilled to have Sideshow sponsoring our podcast today. They offer a wide selection of premium figures, statues, and fine art from the worlds of Star Wars, DC, Marvel, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, and so much more. These limited edition, handcrafted, officially licensed collectibles bring pop culture's biggest icons to life in your home. And here is the best part. You can get an exclusive $50 off your first order of $200 or more. It's a great opportunity for new customers to dive into the world of high-quality collectibles. Or you can gift it to that super geek in your life. Perhaps that person in your life that you know would cringe when they hear that I've been letting my daughter sleep with my baby Yoda. And again, that I refuse to stop calling it Baby Yoda. Plus, shopping at Sideshow earns you 5% back in Sideshow rewards, meaning for every $100 spent, you get $5 back in rewards that can be used on future purchases. While geeking out is its own reward, your collection goes farther with Sideshow. So, what are you waiting for? Visit Sideshow.com, promo code CUTE1, right now, and get ready to let your geek side show. Oh, that's clever. Sideshow. Like Sideshow.com? I get it. Like what you're hearing? Head to patreon.com slash I am the cute one for more. There you can find uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes. That's patreon.com slash I am the cute one. See you there. The multiverse, I keep hoping that actually is true because I'm like, there's got to be a me in the multiverse that fucking knocked <laughs> that data out of the park, yeah. you know? Yeah. Or I just told her friend, I was like, Hey, find your own effing seat. I'm taking this one with Jane. <laughs> We've been through enough tonight. You, and it was her friend, Nicole. Back. She was like this tiny girl, I remember. That would have been great. I was like, get in the back, toots. <laughs> <laughs> and then you throw an Entertainment Weekly at her. Read this. Yeah. <laughs> Read, Read this Us Weekly. Yeah. <laughs> So despite the fact that Dick told the gals that he totally doesn't know anything about that Watergate thing, no way, Jose, they start to have their doubts, especially after seeing the way he treats poor checkers Mm. and listening to his recorded conversations to discover that this man has a potty mouth. (laughs) So Arlene hates Dick. Dick just disgusts her and the girls decide they can't let Dick ruin their lives. (laughs) So... Betsy and Arlene crank call the radical mudlarking bastards Woodward and Bernstein, which leads them to giving up the creep list information and scheduling a parking garage rendezvous. This call also coincides with Betsy's brother Larry getting caught going to a porno movie, Deep Throat. And so an alias is born. Beautiful. I want to use this time, too. I've never seen a porno in the theater. Of course I've seen, like, clips of, like, Twink boy gets his back blown out by basketball team. Whatever. <laughs> by the whole team? <laughs> Ryan, there's a whole oh, world out there. God. <laughs> <laughs> the chiropractic. <laughs> <laughs> but the first porn, I was excited. Like, And back then, there was no, I mean, there was no way for me to see it for free. So you had to like pay for it. And I was still living with my parents. There was no way I could do that. But there was a porn called The Hole. And it was like The Ring. Oh. Except, wait, it gets even better. There's there's going to be a connection that both of you understand. is going to get crazy. Are you about to tell us you have a hole, Donnie? 
<laughs> I do, yeah. I do. No, it was called The Hole, and it was like The Ring, except straight boys turn gay after seven days. But it followed the plot of The Ring exactly. Like, someone was trying to end this curse from happening, except all these straight boys kept turning gay, whatever. What was the proverbial well that they were coming out of? <laughs> No. Already better than Dick, by the way. Already <laughs> solid, yeah. No, just the wow. It was still the wow. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But the lead of it is Frederick from Million Dollar Listing. Wait, <laughs> Frederick did porn? Yeah. Wait. His name was Tag Erickson. Wait, are you kidding me? No, I swear to God, I'm going to pull it up. Not the video. But is this like a hidden secret that we don't talk about in the Bravo community? I mean, it was based on a great horror movie. There are far worse <laughs> porn plots out there. Well, That's it must have been like that can't, couldn't have been his only one he did. Like, oh, I packed it all up after my first. Oh, no, he was. No, he was like a thing for a little bit. Good for him. Oh, I just yeah. I don't really ever hear even anybody talk about. It. There he oh. is. Now that's a Patreon exclusive. <laughs> I, I have a, actually, this is good, fun, gay, and the gay porn tip. I oh, have wow. a Google alert on my name, like for the, the podcast and stuff to see if anybody ever talks about it. Sadly, no, but <laughs> it's always fun though to see the other Ryan Baileys and what they're doing in the world. And there's like a runner, there's like a, like a Olympian. That's cool. There's a soccer player. Uh, a lot of different Ryans get married. And then there is one. Because somebody wants like the Urban Dictionary. This was this doesn't exist anymore. But Urban Dictionary had Ryan Bailey. You could type in, and it said someone who likes to eat ass on camera. And I was like, <laughs> who did this? I thought somebody was upset at me. Uh, Chelsea is literally marking down the minute. Like this is cut this. <laughs> but what turns out there is a Ryan Bailey that sp- like gets his back blown out and loves to eat butt on camera. And I was just like, wait, wow. Takes all different kinds of Ryan Bailey, but like I'll still get like sometimes it'll go like months without getting Ryan Bailey in a Google alert with the porn guy. But then sometimes like I had four of them last week and I was like, that guy is busy. Wait, he's looking them up right now. Yeah, I am. Yeah. And he has the title of this movie right in his rectum in this photo that I pulled up. (laughs) (laughs) That's Dick for those of you who don't get it. (laughs) Uh, Wow. Yeah, there's like no clean photos of him. Good job, Ryan Bailey. Gay porn. Moving back to the movie dick and not the dick in the other Ryan Bailey's sphincter. So the girls are at their breaking point as they struggle to prepare for an upcoming class project on turquoise jewelry. Oh, also, they're being followed and bugged by the president. So Betsy takes one for the team and makes out with notoriously ugly person Ryan Reynolds while Arlene steals Nixon tapes. They give the transcripts to Woodward and Bernstein, who vow to never reveal Deep Throat's true identity because, well... It's too embarrassing. I couldn't be left alone today after I found out that Ryan Reynolds was in a movie called Dick. On Twitter, all I did was like, I want to taste his <laughs> innuendos, which isn't really an innuendo because I just said I want to taste his dick. <laughs> and then it, I didn't even leave it there. I tagged him and Blake Lively. I was like, we're going to. Wait, you tagged him? Like, known for you his know they have, Wait, you know they have a full family. They have a full family now. Like They have multiple children. I love that Donnie's like, you know, I was doing innuendos on Twitter all day. Like, Ryan's dick. I want it now. Yeah. Ryan's dick. I want it now. Blake, do you get this as well? How's the family? I want Ryan's dick. 
I watched a movie called Dick and also your husband, yeah. right? Now. <laughs> Ryan, oh. Donnie again. I was just in the bathroom and I saw my dick and thought, I wonder if Ryan has one of these. Blake, can you confirm? Retweet, oh retweet. My God. <laughs> so as Nixon prepares to resign, he listens to and promptly deletes Arlene's <laughs> recording where she serenaded him and professed her love. And now for our history buffs, there really was an 18 and a half minute gap on these tapes. Once again, this movie, just a masterpiece. See, that's, that's what I'm talking about. It's like, yeah, who, how many people are going to even know that? Like, because the people that are true Watergate, like, are they rushing out to see Dick back in the day? Of Like, <laughs> oh my God, they got it all right. They got it all right. That's amazing. Like, I mean, that's what I just kept wondering. Like, even the people that would appreciate this stuff probably wouldn't see this besides yeah. you, Chelsea. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> And so as Nixon flies away from his job and his dignity, much like the three of us <laughs> after recording this episode sure. of I Am The Cute One, the girls have one final message for the president. You've sucked, Dick. Classic. And like Ryan said, it'll be different now. The president will never, ever, ever lie to the public again. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just back to the Ryan Reynolds on his dick, but the thing that he popped up and <laughs> and also like I, I mean, shout out to the casting, though, because the casting is great. I mean, it's all like even comedically, like, you know, you had Dave Foley, yeah. Jim Brewer, you know, like you had some like for the underground comedy scene. These were all kind of heavy hitters, per se. Like you could see SNL people like if they had made this today, you know, I'm sure like Kyle Mooney and all they, they would put in all of these kind of underground for at the time comedy people and i appreciated that yeah. i just mm -hmm. thought all of the you know back to the future kind of isms of like oh my god when he goes back to the future then when he comes back they hit that tree and now it's lone pine ball <laughs> it's like yeah it's clever <laughs> but like like i yeah. just kept wondering who's appreciating this besides chelsea right but, but kept, <laughs> again yeah. this movie was made for me but i think i understand that criticism and i think that there is a reason why it flopped in the box office because it was was a teen movie focused and centered on two teenage girls that was made for like presumably at that time like almost middle-aged men who had lived through right. it and understood all the references so it was like either setting those men up to be creeps or setting teenage girls up to just not understand any of the references that the writers clearly like painstakingly took to set up if that makes well there's sense. a sad element too of uh, you know even just enjoying the movie it's hard just because of our current political climate but even if you think about like oh oh shit it's a president with a young girl in the oval office oh no you know like the bill clinton of it all and the monica Lewinsky. it's it's hard to do comedy about political i mean i don't know yeah. like it just i mean the actual actuality of our political system now is really funny if it wasn't so horrifying but i just find it then in a movie you're just even more like I just kept thinking of like, oh, thank God there's not a sexual relationship between Nixon and one of these girls. Yeah, thank yeah. God it's just like a crush and not something even further, you know, and that's yeah. what I'm used yeah. to. That's what I'm used to when I think about political things. Now. Yeah. <laughs> and thank God there's two of them. Yeah. Like if it had been just one teenage girl, I think I would have been on edge that whole movie. But I'm like, well, they're a duo. They're going to look out for each other. But <laughs> Come here, lady. Take that top off. <laughs> get her, get out. <laughs> If we were to bring this movie to present day, who would we recast in a remake or what would the plot to a sequel be? You could literally lead up to like two girls that actually 
cause the insurrection if you wanted to go right wing. <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't know, but it's like, I think now is probably not the time to make that movie. But right. uh, yeah, that's. I, and then I was like, who would cast you? You could go with like I'm trying to think who were considered like the. Like you could do the girl from Stranger Things and Olivia mm. Rodrigo or something. I don't know. I'd see that. Yeah. <laughs> well, in ten to fifteen years, they can make a teen comedy for all those teenagers that lived through the <laughs> insurrection and really get all the references. Uh, yeah. I actually, Ryan, I my head was in a dark place too when I was recasting or thinking of the plot because I was thinking of two teenage girls on the message boards being like the mind hive. Oh yeah, they're queuing up. Uh, that's kind of brilliant. I did. And again, Ryan already touched on this. The tone, there would be no way to actually make it. But time-wise, it would work. And I did research for this because I wanted to make it work so much. So Watergate was 1972 and the characters were 15. So if we follow these two characters, Kirsten Dunst is 40 now, which is 25 years after 15. And 25 years after 1972 is 1997, which is when the Monica Lewinsky scandal happened. So it could still be like them far as gumping this scandal. You're a sick man, dude. I'm going to need you to take a break. Like, this is, take a couple of weeks off. <laughs> Donnie's got his cork board with the timeline and he's drawing. By the way, Donnie spots. pitching is like, I've got a perfect sequel movie idea. It's a big blockbuster idea. And they're like, how much did Dick make? Six million dollars. <laughs> we could do a sequel to a six million. It would be just what the country needs right now. I love that, Ryan, you just, for those not watching on the Patreon, you literally did the equivalent of, like, clutching your pearls. You, like, grabbed your chest and your jacket and pulled it together tight. Meanwhile, (laughs) your suggestion was to cover the insurrection. Listen, you asked me for a suggestion. I I can't be just like, oh, like a primary or something. You know, like, no. (laughs) That's what's going on right now. Yeah, you're right. Ah, oh, but that cigar bridged too far. <laughs> well, it was either that or Mason Gooding and Kiki Palmer. So I had to choose. Are we doing heavy <laughs> research or tried and true cat? <laughs> Every week. Just throw Pete Davidson oh, in there. God. Yeah, you would get like Pete Davidson as one of the comic people. I'm trying to think who else is like the hot young comics right now. Maybe uh, Gerard Carmichael is one. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I would make A.D. Bryant, Monica Lewinsky, hands down. Star-studded event. Did you like the impeachment Monica Lewinsky TV show? I boycott Beanie Feldstein, so <laughs> didn't watch. Wait, no, no, no. Wait, this is wait, this is great. Actually, I've been curious about this for so. She is supposedly horrible and funny girl, right? Yeah, that's what I hear. So why is the like Beanie is back? Like, why is she even taking breaks to begin with? And then they're gonna. She's only doing six months, right? And it was and- a COVID break. Oh, she had COVID. Yeah, she had COVID. Or, so that's or did she why have COVID? Like, well, you have COVID now, Beanie. We're gonna maybe that. because after the reviews came out and she didn't get a Tony nom, that's when she got COVID. So she left for like fifteen days, came back. The Tonys happened. It didn't win anything. It was only nominated for one thing. It didn't win. And then, like two days later, her and Jane Lynch announced they were leaving in September. But you haven't seen it. No, but I hear she's because awful. he boycotts her. <laughs> so if Leah Michelle is coming, why wouldn't Jane Lynch stay? So it'd be like a Glee reunion. Because I think she hates her. See, I didn't realize what a reputation Leah Michelle got for herself in the last twenty. Which years. Which how yeah. bad must Beanie be if they're like, yeah, let's bring on the illiterate monster Leah Michelle? <laughs> <laughs> well, final final thoughts. What for Ooh. us? 
if anything, about this movie aged well and what aged like blockbuster? <laughs> the cast aged well. I mean, yeah. no, seriously, what a great cast. Those Kirsten Dunst and Michelle Williams, for them to still be working at the level they're working at and to be considered, you know, still two of the best female actors that we have. Mm -hmm. Like, there's no joke there. That's just who they are. Michelle Williams, especially just like the way she I was able to Michelle build Williams. from Dawson's Creek to, you know, to, to the career she has now, mm -hmm. deservedly so. But I mean, yeah, really both strong female leads. No, I don't know that anything like aged poorly. I think some parts just never work. <laughs> but like yeah. it's well, but not if you like, think about it like as, as a, even as a stoner comedy it doesn't it's not funny like it's not yeah. like a stoner comedy will make you like laugh riotously without even you, you know you're not aware of it like yeah. i was aware mm -hmm. at times of what they were doing and that it wasn't funny like to me like it's like <laughs> no i mean like okay this is what i know what they're doing they're playing stoners they're giggling da 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 yeah. oh somebody has some weed cookies they're giggling now we've seen that that trope so many times in all of these movies and i've seen them done more successfully in other movies and they just yeah. so for as a yeah. stoner comedy which i think is like kind of the foundation for this it doesn't work as a stoner comedy so yeah. then these other elements even become weirder because you're like <laughs> wow this whole thing is based around the idea that these are just two stoner teenage girls and it's not funny so then you're even more weirded out about the specificity <laughs> of the one against <laughs> The jokes hit for me because I have the experience of being a vapid, silly teenage girl, but I am not the target audience of this movie. So I wonder if it had been more of like a two idiot 70s bros who are high doing dumb shit and wreaking havoc in the White House, if that would have made it translate more on screen for the intended audience. But like there is a level of like it's kind of creepy for the guys who are in that age demographic to understand all those references to come and watch yeah. Michelle Williams and Kirsten Dunst be these like very, very young, naive girls on screen. No, but it's, and it's not, and I don't want to say they're, they're, they're the acting is bad, but because they fully commit to it. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, like they, they, I never at once felt like I was like, oh, this, she's phoning it in. Like they really <laughs> committed to the giggling yeah. and they committed to all of the choices. I just, if for some reason, just did not click. Yeah. Uh, but maybe it clicked for a lot of other people. I don't know. Now, obviously not a lot of people. But... <laughs> yeah, just me and Larry mostly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it was one of those nice ideas, but the, the reality of that nice idea is I have to sit there for an hour and 40 minutes when it was just like, <laughs> oh, this would have been a funny, like, Matt, like I was like, oh, this could they have done like a five minute SNL, like mm. in between like film yeah. sketch of this was the, you know, and Woodward and Bernstein, like if you condensed it, I, I don't know, like, or even now I wonder if this would have been better as a series. So you could have like opened it up a little bit more. I, yeah. I don't know. Well, Ryan, if we can ever convince you to come. Oh, back. this is firmly done. Like, there's, there will never be talking again. Yeah, no, I, like, yeah, this was the I, end yeah, of our friendship. This started my weekend and it did not get better from this point. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we're allowed to be friends and we have you back, we'll have you choose your favorite movie from your former Maybe, uh, or maybe one of uh, Ryan Bailey's classics. <laughs> yeah. Hey, there we go. We can watch Bonnie's the whole. <laughs> that's a, another idea. That's funny. Like, how would you ever view a dirty movie? You know, like you like, oh, and then the choreography was like, I mean, like there's only... Like there's only so many things I would imagine you would say about a dirty movie that is not like completely personal to you, you know? The camera angles are just remarkable. The way they were able to zoom in on that dolly was oh, just God. 
Yeah, Just these. Kiss, yeah. So. So, sorry, guys. Sorry, sorry, everybody listening at home. What? Wait. What are your? Wait. What are your upcoming movies that you're doing on this? So next week, and now we're telling everybody. Next week, we're doing Welcome to the Dollhouse. Would have killed that one. Would have crushed that one. We have Melissa Beck from Real World New Orleans coming to cover it. No way. Yeah. I love Real World Homecoming. Oh Me my god, that's too. amazing. I love yeah. that. Awesome. No, but I do appreciate that you humor us and allow us to torture you time after time with just full movies that you have to watch and sit through to record with us. So oh, I love no, I, I actually do love watching movies and I love talking to you guys. So thank you so of much. Yeah, so if people are living under a rock and don't know where else to listen to you, pimp yourself out, much like my grandfather's roommate in the seminary. Yeah, it's called So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. Yeah, I mean, you guys probably already know and decided if you liked it or not. Uh, if you like it, hi, hey. If you didn't, I'm so sorry, and I'm glad you found something else you like to listen to. Uh, but we did. We, for the people that do like it, uh, we just started a YouTube, So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey over there. So if you want to see some of these Bravo celebrities and guests, go on over there. There's a full visual image, plus recaps are over there where I do some silly stuff. And uh, I'm going to be doing a second uh, podcast for iHeartRadio about children's shows. That's an exclusive, actually. So that is, I have not talked about that uh, on my show yet. Oh so my that will be out at the end of July. So uh, keep uh, keep an eye out. I don't know. I'll let you know. It's, I'll let you guys know as soon as it happens. But it yeah. Should be yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Congrats. Yeah, congrats. The go- yeah, the government said I couldn't talk about kids, but now <laughs> I can. <laughs> no, so the basic is it's, it's uh-huh. um, uh, a lady that's a mother. And then my, so it's all sorts. So it's like new ones like Booba and uh, Coco Melon oh and things God. like that. But then we'll do some throwback like 80s cartoons and stuff. And just kind of the. A conceit of it is, would this make me even want to have a kid? You know, and what is this like <laughs> to have a kid and to sit through these? Okay. So each episode will be reviewing a different uh, children's uh, show and specific episode. That is so And fun. then uh, because, you know, I have a lot of mothers that listen and I yeah. know Natalie, my co-host, has a child herself and then I saw it, you know, but it'd be great. Like you guys, like anybody that has kids, like I'm sure I'll be reaching out to, to you, Chelsea, the, you yeah. know, like it's a really exciting opportunity. Cause I thought at first I didn't understand why I was like, I don't know if this would work. Cause I got pitched on it. And I was like, I don't know what my thing would be, but then it actually, we've now done a couple of episodes and I was like, this is actually really fun because I'm so curious about people with kids. And then she yeah. gets to tell all of her experiences of raising her child and what they're like yeah. watching TV and what she likes and what she hates that her daughter watches. Mm. And I can just have that basic of like, yeah, maybe if I was stoned, I would dig this. Maybe <laughs> if I was, no, it's, I mean, it's really actually uh, so far it's so fun and it's so nice to not have to talk about Bravo, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. That's a brilliant premise. And I'm not pitching myself to come on, but even with or without me, my request to you is please cover Umi Zumi. It's on the list. And Cocomelon, there's dark magic at work there. So yeah, I can't (laughs) wait to listen. (laughs) Well, anyway, thank you, Ryan, for coming on. This was so much fun. And like Donnie said, next week we will be covering Welcome to the Dollhouse with Melissa Beck. So stay tuned for that. And just for in terms of independent film, Todd Solins, like I, I highly recommend you guys check it out. I think I think it holds up probably. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I just remember it being when I was a kid, like that movie actually, like I watched that so many times. It really meant something to me. Yeah. Well, you guys will have to stay tuned for all of our thoughts there. And Ryan, if we can get you back. 
you can pick the movie next time because we've done Freaky Friday, we've done Dick, so the next one's on you. Have you guys ever seen what, uh, The Lost Boys? I love The Lost Boys. Yeah, it's it's one of my, it's an all-time favorite of mine. <laughs> All right, well, thank you for being here and thank you guys for listening. We will talk to you later. Love, love you like a sister. sister. Thank you for listening to I Am The Cute One, a nostalgia podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to give us a five-star rating and subscribe to our show. You can follow me at Real Donnywood on Instagram and TikTok. And if you want more of my personal brand of chaos, check me out at Ono Chels on Instagram. And for uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes of I Am The Cute One, head to patreon.com slash IamTheCuteOne. And go to IamTheCuteOne.com for the most chaotic merch on the planet. Talk, Talk to, to you, you later. later. Love, Love you like a sister. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.